Well, here we are for another conversation with uh, not cheese this time, just the tugboat. Uh, I won't be talking to myself for the full time. I have uh, our first real guest for 2015. Uh, we won't use his real name. We'll just call him Admiral Bonesaw, as he used to be known. Welcome, welcome to the show, Admiral. Thanks for having me, Tugboat. I figured today, based on some recent debate that we've had through text messages and just hatred spewing back and forth, that we should probably settle it like men on the open airwaves of the internet. So we'll have a nice open forum debate. Um, the topic for tonight, as some of you may already know out there, is going back and forth on the Toronto Maple Leafs and whether they should quote-unquote blow it up, whatever that means, I guess we'll find out, or stay the course with the uh, pieces they have now and figure it out. So being the gracious host that I am, I'll turn it over to you to hear your opening argument on why they should blow it up. <laughs> All right, well, why they should blow it up because it's something, first of all, they've never done it in their history that I can think of. They've never purposely sort of bottomed out, sold off all their assets in order to accumulate a number of draft picks. They've never really been big on, you know, drafting players, in quotation marks, uh, or looking at, looking to build a team through the draft. They've always viewed trades, creations, and since they've entered into the the cap era, that hasn't been a, a feasible way to build a team and accumulate young talent. They've, they've tried to acquire guys after they've already established themselves as NHL players, the Phil Kessel. And it's my, my, my feeling that taking that approach doesn't work in today's NHL and really it only handcuffs you with big long-term contracts that push you up against the cap, even though you're a mediocre, middle-of-the-pack, kind of on, always on the outside looking in NHL teams. Um, it's my thought that now, realistically, I don't think they can quote-unquote fully blow it up. I don't think it's possible to get rid of the all the big, fat, long-term contracts that they have, like Dion, Phil Kessel, Clarkson. There's no way that they can realistically get rid of those. Well, let's, let's, not, let's ignore, ignore reality for the time being and say that in a perfect world, like NHL, whatever version we're on now, you could just wheel yeah. and deal those players away for whatever you wanted. So just, just go with that uh, and say that you, you could do that. All right. Well, then why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you get rid of, free up all that cap space? And, I mean, in theory, if you're playing NHL on the on the uh, Xbox or whatever, so, on that game, I, I, I think I feel that you would get better return for your assets. So feel better return beyond and so on. Um, so, so you're saying trade the players at their current value? Basically, I would be willing to get rid of anybody but 
Morgan Riley and and uh, William Nylander, I'd probably hold on to him. Okay. Well, I mean, again, realistically, that's not that's not going to happen. You're not going to get rid of that many. You're not going to completely clean house. But in order to, I think it, the biggest thing they they need, or the biggest thing they would achieve in terms of of, burnt, or of blowing it up, would free up would be to free up cap space, which is an asset in and of itself, and acquire multiple draft picks. First, you know, first and second rounder. First rounders are harder to come by. Teams aren't as willing to deal those. You don't have many guys that you can get first round draft picks. Return for probably just still Kessel, maybe Dion, but probably not. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my opening thought, at least. So I hear your arguments, I see little to no value in them. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and, and just strike right back. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna aim, even though it's not really a rebuttal time, it's really opening statements or opening shots across the bow. I'm going to go ahead and and start to refute some of your things. Um, For me, blowing it up, that's a lazy, short-sighted approach. Uh, Short-sighted? What do you... you, Yeah, no, and I mean, like, I'm talking about the vengeful, blow it up, like, you know, big T style of blow up, like, get rid of Fanoff, he's a bum, get rid of this guy, just trade him for a bag of pucks. Like the classic Josh Buhold reaction. So, for me, that accomplishes very little. Fire sailing your assets below their long-term value is just a waste, a, a complete waste. Even if you get a couple of picks and you free up your cap space, which, by the way, what are you going to do with that extra cap space? Boom, you're going to sign more players as what they've been doing, which is part of the problem. I think being right up against the cap like they are, almost forces them to use the draft in a better way. Um, so the other thing it would do was com- it would be completely strip your lineup of any potentially valuable pieces. So, I mean, you, you might as well just tell the Marlies take over and give the rest of the Leafs the, the rest of the year off. Go heal your injuries. The Marlies have it from here. What I, what I think they really need to do, and you touched on it already a little bit, is they need to use the draft. Yes, that's you can't argue that. They need to get better at that. But they really need to retool and carefully analyze what they have. They need to take a good hard look at players like Fanuf, Kessel, etc. and say, what do we actually have here? Do we have a, a scoring winger that makes $8 million a year or some jerk that should be making four and a half and joining Alexander Semen on the bench? Um... So you, you talked about blowing it up, and we talked about this briefly on the phone earlier, but I think that a blow-up's already happening. I think that they're in the midst of it. They hired Mark Hunter away from the London Knights. They need to trim a little bit more fat in the scouting department. And I don't know if it's a money ball type of scenario where you need to get rid of that room full of old, yeah, you're, he looks like a ball player type of guys, and uh, focus on guys that actually look at what they're what they're what they're dealing with, like, okay, this guy could add 20 goals to our lineup. This guy's a checking winger. Not, well, David Clarkson's the best free agent available. Let's pay him whatever the market says. Do they need need him? They needed a top six right winger, but I don't know if he is a top six right winger. The other thing that they did that was 
a little bit before everything started to fall apart, etc., was they really trimmed some fat, quote-unquote fat, in the GM office when they uh, fired that cap idiot. Supposed to, the, guy, the guy that was supposed to manage their cap and got them into trouble, Wazell, and then just general dummy follower Poolin. They got rid of those jerks and uh, brought in the, the youngster there. The, what is he, 28 or something like that? He think, thinks more analytics, looks long term, looks at numbers, doesn't just say, "Oh, that guy's six foot, six foot five. He could be, uh, you know, his ceiling is a third liner in the AHL. Let's draft him." Sorry, Frederick Gulche. Um, so, what I think they need to do is look at what they have. Uh, I don't think they're using players the way that they're meant to be used. I don't think they're. I think they're trying to make guys into something they're not. I look at Phaneuf as a prime example. He's not a shutdown defenseman. He's an offensive guy. He got drafted so high because he scored 20 goals for Calgary. Franzen's not a shutdown guy. Why those two are playing together blows my friggin' mind. Uh, and then they try to put Gardner with uh, with Riley. for, And they haven't done it lately, but they were putting them together thinking, oh, yeah, yeah this is defense. That's five forwards is what you're doing. They need to add another defenseman, somebody like Polak, somebody like Robidog, you know, a plus-minus win, a guy that's going to play defense, you know, the classic tugboat-style stay-at-home defenseman. Maybe gets eight points a year, plus 25. Not afraid to throw the hits to fire the team up. And I'll, I'll get into what the, what the team's lacking later, but... Another guy that you mentioned already, Castle. Guy doesn't shoot. He only plays outside the dots. Never goes in the slot. Never hustles. Coasts constantly. Bozak still playing college hockey all of a sudden. And then you have JVR, who should be a power forward like Lindros, the way he's built. You know, came through the flyer system. I think he's from Pennsylvania. Had to be a Lindros fan growing up, and he plays like he's... William Nylander. I think it, I think he just copied that kid's style. So, I don't know. And then you have Clarkson, who's just completely disengaged now. The start of the year, they put him on the third line with Corporal Komarov and said, go hit everything that moves. He did. He started scoring points. That line was successful. So, they broke it up, trying to spread it across the lineup. Of course, it didn't work. So, I think they can't make a move until they really know what they have on their team. Yeah, so I, I agree with assessing what you have, and that's what's going to happen. They're not just, I mean, you can't just start dealing guys tomorrow just because you want to. Again, the contracts have handcuffed them. I don't think Nonis will blast through the offseason. Actually, I think he'll probably be gone before the draft. Um, and whether that means that uh, Mark Hunter will take over the GM or, or Dubis or or a combination of the of those two guys and somebody else. Um, but you're kind of, well, what you're kind of saying is the coaching issue. You're saying coach the right way. These guys can be successful or more successful than they have been. I think the word's uh, more motivated than coached. So why, why wouldn't you bring in a guy like John Tortorella then? I'm not saying I wouldn't. I would say that I would bring in someone that can coach them. 
disaster in Toronto. He would. He's not built for that kind of stage. He would just melt away. Like, Vancouver's kind of a mini Toronto. No offense to Vancouver fans, but, well, they can sit on it, actually. Uh, They think they're such a big deal out there on the West Coast, but really Toronto is the beating heart of the Canadian hockey world. That's right, Josh. I said it. So let's look at let's look at, at one one piece, and you can you can poo on this if you want. I don't know, but uh, so I I think that right now they do have. I don't want to blow it up. I don't want to get rid of Fanoff and Kessel unless you get something extraordinary like, you know, a first and a third, and then a roster player and a prospect. I I think any player that makes over six million, you got to get at least three pieces back. But that, I mean, what you're missing with the cap space thing, that's, that's not, cap space has value because the way the NHL works now is you draft young studs like John Tavares and John Tate, you sign them to eight or ten year deals worth anywhere from six to ten million dollars a year. So if you're, you have to have that space available to keep, once you do have a decent core, uh, to be able to keep them. That, that's why space, cap space is worth so much. Look what Montreal did getting rid of Josh Georges and some of the guys that they got rid of to open up cap, cap space that resigned. Yeah, but for the, for the Leafs, they don't need to worry about that right now. Their big pieces are locked down, and they really have nothing in the cupboard coming forward. And you do well, once you draft a guy, you get three years to really free up space to sign him. Well, then the issue is, like you're saying, I guess we're sort of saying the same thing. You have to decide on whether or not your core is good enough. Like, do you see Dion hoisting the cup? Well, I, I've, I, I've seen I him hoist, hoist the cup many times on NHL 14. <laughs> here's, here's going going with going with you on this trail. I'm going to help you out here because I feel bad for you. So, the current the current roster players have had some success this year. They're not the absolute apocalyptic mess garbage team that the media is making them out to be. So before Christmas, they were ten and one. Okay, that's overperformance. I I agree with that. Since then, they're four and thirteen. Since December sixteenth. So what does that add up to? Fourteen and fourteen. Mediocrity. Yeah, they were five hundred to make the playoffs. So where's the real team? I think it's somewhere in the middle. Somewhere. I think realistically, without the injuries they have, which people are completely ignoring right now. With if they have all their players, I think they're above five hundred. Are they in the playoff picture? They might be able to eke their way in, but I don't think I think they're missing two or three big pieces still. Not big pieces, but they're missing a couple of players and they're also missing a couple of other things. So Yeah, but they're right up against the cap. Yeah. They're right up against it. Yeah, so so you, there's a couple of players that they can move. So going along your lines of big contracts. Uh, Gardner signed a, a big one in the off season. He is a, yep. a very he's pl- like playing the best he's ever played that I've seen lately. Gardner? Yeah, in the last couple of games. Two, uh, did two you games. watch the playoff series against Boston? That yeah. was his best. That was his peak. Okay, well, I mean, so I mean, recently, like he's he's playing better than he did in December. We'll put it that way. When I saw them play twice, but he. Uh, He's he's got high value, whether he's playing really good right now or not. I think he's 
peak and prime to be traded. Another guy is Lupul. If you look at the numbers, which I have, uh, thanks TripleP.com for that, but he's scoring at a higher rate than would be expected for his, his numbers. Uh, the biggest fault, they say he had low Corsi, which is really he just sucked at maintaining puck control. And I would say his biggest, his biggest downfall is that he's injured. He's made of glass, but when he plays, he scores. So yeah, he his his what I'm trying to say is his value currently, even on the IR, is higher than it's been in the last year and a half. And he's got a fairly sizable contract. He's under contract till 2018. Those are two guys that you can move. There's a desire for them. It's going to be hard to trade a guy like Kessler for enough and get value out of it. Like, there's, there's rumors circulating, circulating right now about Phaneuf to L.A. for Mike Richards. Yeah, that would be a bad trade. So you're getting a really underperforming 30-year-old centerman who's basically a second- or third-line defensive specialist when what you need yeah. is a first-line center. Um, the, it was funny, I read that either the Kings are circulating that rumor or the guy's agent who's married to an actress is circulating that rumor. Kind of suspicious. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think that would be a terrible trade. You're just you're, you're trading your, one of your problems for somebody else's problem. Yeah, and hoping, and the, get, hoping the change of scenery makes it better. And the only Dion signed for another six years or whatever it is after this one. Yeah, and I think that if they uh, have you ever watched the Leafs play in overtime? Have you ever, I never watched them play overtime, yeah. Yeah, have you ever seen how dominant Phaneuf can be in overtime when they take the leash off of him and say, okay, don't just play defense now? And in four-on-four uh, situations, he can go end-to-end, control the play, circle the net, make passes. I've seen him score quite a few winning goals. Like, like that's the guy that started his career in Calgary. All of a sudden, he shows up when the game's on the line, and he has nothing to lose. That he should not be playing 30 minutes a game. He needs to be playing 20 minutes a game and playing an offensive style. Then he's worth $6 million or whatever they're paying him. They paid 7 for 7 or something like that. Yeah, that's outrageous for the player that they have right now. That's too much. Yeah, Drew Doughty's getting... I think he might be getting paid less. Yeah, and he played, he played 33 minutes the other night. No, Doughty. Yeah, yeah. That's what, I mean, but if you look at the teams that have won recently, you need a big stud center, or maybe two. Two. And a really good puck-moving defenseman who can play a lot of minutes and run your power play and be good defensively, like Drew Doughty or Duncan Keith or Zidane baby. So I see Morgan Riley as a better fit for that than Jake Gardner. Just yeah. from a positioning and defensive standpoint. So I would trade full-on right now, in a heartbeat, I would trade Gardner to Colorado for Ryan O'Reilly. He's a, Ryan O'Reilly, he's a, I have no problem with him other than, I don't, it's almost, I, I, I would say you won't even get younger than that. Like, well, he, so, so that brings me to the next thing. So, and we talked about uh, 
you know, kind of the what it takes to win and stuff like that. Obviously, goaltending's in there, which the goaltending has been a little, you know, yeah, suspect as of late. But there's three big things that all successful teams have in common. One is effort. Two is heart. Three is character. And it was beat to death at the start of the year that the Leafs don't have any character. And they don't have any heart, but they were going to put in the effort. Well, they did for a while. The last six games, I haven't seen the effort. So I think that adding a guy like O'Reilly gives you more character and more heart. Certainly Komarov exudes both of those as well as effort for the most part when he's not brain dead from Ovechkin scrambling his brains. But I think that, you know, if you look at teams where they just loaded up with stars and went after big names, like Dallas is the biggest one for me. And they are, they're around the Leafs level. They're, they win. They've got two, a really good top six in my mind. Uh, Carolina went out and bought a bunch of players like Semin and, and uh, Jordan Stahl, which actually was a strong move. And then you have Minnesota who just went out and bought a team and they made it through the first round, didn't they, last year? Minnesota? Uh, I can't remember. They didn't win the Cup anyways. I don't think so, actually. I think they lost the first yeah. round. I, I can't remember. They, they didn't go beyond the second. Now look at teams like Nashville that have solid, solid players. They don't have any huge superstars yet. They will with Philip Forsberg will be a superstar. And uh, Shea Weber's pretty fantastic. Yeah, I was going to say Shea Weber's and, and Pecorini, yeah, when he's not hurt, he plays pretty well. But other than that, they got a guy, a lot of guys like Roman Yossi. Who heard of Roman Yossi well, before he started playing with uh, Weber? Well, Flip Forsberg is whatever his name is, Philip or Flip. Yeah, Philip. He's he's pretty good. So yeah. is Owen Wilson. Year. Owen Wilson's a good young centerman who. I think he's pretty offensively minded, and Barry Trotz is more of a defensive coach. So Pierre Laviolette has kind of let, let yeah. the boys. Yeah, so they're using the, the using players in a way that allows them to be successful. Yeah, but those guys have a lot of character. Guys, a lot of guys that worked really hard, like guys like Mike Fisher, guys that have a lot of heart. And I don't mind praising Mike Fisher, even though he used to be a senator. Um, <laughs> But those are successful teams have those three qualities, and I don't think that the Leafs do. And I think those are, if they're going to make moves, they need to keep that kind of thing in mind. And and of course, cap is just a reality in today's NHL. You got to watch that. But I think the yeah. new their new style of play, and when asked about it, uh, they asked what's his name Horacek. They said, well, since your team can't score, you're going to open it back up and let them play how they did under Carlisle. And he says no. Not gonna do that. The best teams in the league win by playing this way, and this is how we're gonna play. So, I think th- well, that- they're getting better defensively in their own end. They're making only a few massive, glaring mistakes a game that, of course, cost them the games. But I think they just need to go back to the effort. I w- I've watched the last three or four games, and I even stayed up late and watched part of the San Jose game until I got too disgusted. But they just they don't move their feet, and you know that's basic peewee hockey. Move your feet, finish your check, 
shoot at the net. Those are three things that they don't do. Well, then this is a good time to like say see what what players are worth worth keeping and worth getting rid of. Yeah, and I think I think I named the two that are the most popular choices right now, and, and I think personally that the players are just. It seems like they're just waiting for something or looking for something, waiting for someone else to do something so that it'll save them from being responsible for this. I think that they're just hoping that they try to blow it up and do a fire sale so they can write off their whole season and go, oh, well, they got rid of all our best players. What do, what do you expect? Everyone got hurt. What do you expect? Yeah. Of course we lost every I, game. I, I feel like... Well, they won't be able to make any significant moves probably until the offseason around the draft or free agency time. So they might make a few, ship, ship out a few minor guys, like make some minor moves. Maybe yeah, guys' contracts are up. I think they can. I think they can get rid of Lupul at the at the deadline. Lupul or Gardner, with Lupul being the kind of more prominent choice. Yeah, because he's older and yeah, and he has uh, a terrible history of injuries. But, but you sell the promise. Know that. <laughs> yeah, of course. But you sell the promise of, well, look at his numbers when he was healthy and try to dupe a, another GM or someone who's desperate to create some depth in their, their secondary scoring to pick him up. And then yeah. you, that's where you aim for like an AHL player or you know a younger prospect, if that's such a thing, if there's still got guys in junior, and maybe a draft pick. Clarkson's not playing well enough to be traded for what they're paying him. No, you could find some sucker to take him. Oh, you you could, but you're like you said, you're gonna have to take back garbage. If you if you put garbage out, you're gonna have to take garbage back in to pull that off. Yeah, or you'll have to pay half of yeah, well, the salary, which which will count against your cap hit. So yeah, got rid of the player. If the player is a really bad influence on the rest of the team and you desperately want him out, then maybe that's the road that you can take. But. Yeah, but I don't think he's a bad dressing room guy. I haven't heard anything along those lines. Yeah. It, it sounds know. like they're all... Yeah. The, the only guy that I would consider a bad dressing room guy at this point is maybe Phil Kessel, but I think he's just... He doesn't wear his emotions on his sleeve like some of the other guys. Same with Van Riemsdyk. They just... When, they're, when they were 10-1... and one, they kind of had the same look to them, and when they're terrible, they have the same look to them. I mean, you can tell that Phil's getting frustrated with all the questions and berating and stuff like that, and I think that the team should have an option to just, you know, send one guy out to the podium and just answer five questions, and that's it, and get the damn media out of the room, because they definitely don't help. Oh, it should be Dion, probably, there. Yeah, I put send the caveman out to the podium and let him answer five questions, and he's he's groomed enough now that he seems to be able to do it capably, and just get them out of the yeah. room because the little scrums where they go from player to player and just try and piss them off, really doesn't help a team like this. And I know the league expects interviews and whatnot, but I would be if I were the Leafs, I would be making some kind of exception deal to get out of that for now. 
last year, Phil went a couple of weeks without talking to the media. Yeah, well, and I don't know what kind of deal the NHL has. If it's anything like the NFL, then, you know, you get fined for not talking to them, but then you can march on Lynch all you want and just pick one catchphrase and say it over and over again hilariously. <laughs> yeah, that's, what, that's what they should do. Yeah, that's, I'm not, that's exactly what I would do until they left me alone. And I would encourage all my teammates to do that too so they will never get a story out of the room. He's a, he's a classic, classic superstar scorer. He's like a wide receiver in the NFL. He's like a diva. You just kind of leave, never... leave him alone, let him do his thing. So is that worth eight million dollars? Would you rather have? It is when he scores. It's, it's worth eight million when he scores forty goals. Is he worth more than like a John Tavares? That's absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> I think he's between six and seven or something like that. Yeah, so that was the other thing, the kind of Don Cherry moment that I was avoiding was, um, you know, they built their core around American players when uh, Burke was there, like guys like Bozak, Kessel, Van Riemsdyk. Uh, yeah, just there's not enough heart in those guys, and I don't know if it's a Canadian thing or not, but you look at all the third liners and fourth liners, you know, predominantly Eastern European had a hard life or Canadian and just well, grind it that's out. That's why they brought in Dubas and uh, Mark Hunter because they've been around the OHL for a while. Yeah. So in, they they got to draft some Canadian guys. And I know there's a lot of guys from around Toronto on the team, like Franz and et cetera, but I really think, okay. like, yeah, I look at a guy like Polak. And I watched them on Saturday night or Friday night or whenever they played the other game. Um, and he was just giving her. He saw the team was playing like garbage. So when he went out, apparently his conditioning is unbelievable. But the guy was going out. He was in the offensive zone. He scored the only goal in four games, the goal in San Jose. Like, I mean, that's, that's the kind of... Yeah, he's, yeah he's, not a, he's not a skill guy, but... He plays with a lot of heart and a lot of fight, and, you know, that's the kind of guys you need on your team. If nothing else, he'll fire up the other guys. And once they once Kadri scored that goal the other night, which was a nice top-corner shot, you know, that all of a sudden they had life and they came out really hard for about five minutes and fell, you know, completely short. But, yeah, well... Yeah. It's hard, to, it's hard to objectively look at hustle and heart and all that kind of stuff, which is, again, why they brought in the analytics guys to kind of yeah. look at it as objectively as possible. But I think you have to keep that in mind as well. Yeah. Would you rather have uh, Tyler Sagan on your team or Phil Kessel? Uh, honestly, probably Tyler Sagan. He's 22. Well, beyond age, what other intangibles... Do you look he's at centerman. He's leading the league in points or close <laughs> to that. Well, he's not leading the league in points, but he's right up there. Um, he, he plays a lot bigger than his size, and Castle plays a lot smaller than his size. Yeah. No, I, 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 mean, I always go back to the, the Brian Burke, Jill Castle. Yeah, I know you. Tournament. I know how you feel about that deal. He, he fell in. I don't know if you read. Did you read that article that 
No, I didn't. Well, it's just, it goes through since about 2003, I think, and how few draft picks they, they've had over the years. And he, all the GMs fall into the same trap. They, they make, like, they talk about when they trade for Owen Nolan and, and uh, Brian Leach and Glenn Wesley and all these duds who, at the end of their careers, at least were trying to make a last-minute playoff push. And they traded away two Rask for Andrew Raycott. So Burke fell into the same trap where he gave away two first-round picks and two second-round picks. Yeah, and I for, think I think a big chunk of that is the pressure from the media and the fan base to do it right now. We want it right now. So they half-ass, make a couple of moves, try and save their job, and then they get fired regardless and the team is no better off than they were. They just have a different cast of the same characters. But now, imagine if they had, I don't even know who the Bruins took for their second round picks, but if you have multiple pieces, like... Wasn't Tori uh, Krug one of those picks? Okay, then. Or was I don't it, know. um... Boychuk? No. no Boychuk's like 30 years old. Yeah, it wasn't him. Um, so yeah, that, that's what you need is multiple pieces. Like Chicago, they've got like a an all-star team for their first line almost. Yeah, but they're playing terribly because they didn't. They don't have the the solid goaltending, and they let their defense kind of get away from them. Well, but they still won two Stanley Cups in the last. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Compared to um, the zero that the Leafs have won in the, our entire lifetimes. But you need, like, you need multiple pieces. So they put all their eggs in one basket with Phil Kessel for, for that short term, you know, for that two years or whatever it was where they gave up the draft picks. Yeah, and if he played with Matt Sundin, it would be a different story. <laughs> yeah. But they do. Uh, they just fell into the same Toronto GM trap that they all do. That's what the cycle we need to break is stop pissing away the future. Yeah, I think they need right to now. actually draft players and develop them for the next three drafts at least. Yeah. Stop trading away draft picks. Like if they had Hamilton and Stegging right now and, you know, who knows? Who knows? Who knows where they... Hey? Who knows what spice? No, they wouldn't have Carey Price. I think Montreal would have a shit hemorrhage if that happened. Oh, uh, he was drafted in 05, maybe? Yeah, somewhere in that, somewhere in that neighborhood. Anyways, we digress from the debate. So, I think, um, you know, not only because I'm the host and control all of this, but uh, I'm pretty sure that I won. You... <laughs> You, you also you more hustle and uh, just work harder and then you'll, then you'll see what you've got. Then you'll see what yeah. you've got. If they do it, I think I think you'll be shutting your mouth about blowing it up, that's for sure. Here's a spoiler alert. They won't make the playoffs this year. They probably won't trade it. I'll be surprised if they move one of the big three contracts. Here's another spoiler alert. They won't finish anywhere near the McDavid sweepstakes. They'll finish like 10th no. or 11th in the conference. 
and the abyss where they usually finish. Yeah. Although the collapse this year has started well ahead of schedule. Usually they save this for March when it's really devastating for a playoff run. If somehow they pull it out of their butts and have a Colorado Rockies type of run and win 20 games in a row, we could be having a different conversation here. Yeah, no, I'll tell you what they'll do. They'll look like doom and gloom until just just at the last minute, then they'll go on a big tear and finish like ninth in the conference. Yeah, when the pressure's off, that's when they start to heat up. They've done that the last two years. Once it's a well-known fact that they're out of the playoffs, they go on a big push and then work themselves into a terrible draft pick. they got to be more like Buffalo and just commit to being awful. Yeah, Buffalo, that's the definition of blowing it up. What, buying a whole bunch of players? No, committing to being awful. Like, just bottoming right out and being bad for about three to five years. No, my definition of blowing it up is fire sailing away all your players, which there's a a couple teams that are are shaping up to do that this year. Yeah, we probably should have established that definition at the start of this thing. Well, that might have been wise, but, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and so is my vision. So, with that... We'll shut it down here at 38 minutes and uh, right. let everyone get on with their lives. Good luck and good night. Tugboat signing off. <laughs>